We begin tonight, though, with the life and legacy of the man at the center of one of the country's most notorious wrongful convictions. David Milgard died of pneumonia in Calgary on Sunday at the age of 69. Still a teenager, he was convicted way back in 1970 of the murder the year before of nursing assistant Gail Miller in Saskatchewan and sentenced to life in jail. Milgard had always maintained his innocence, but he would spend 23 years behind bars before he was proven right and released in 1992. Subsequent DNA tests formally exonerated Milgard in 97, proved that serial rapist Larry Fisher had in fact committed the crime. Uh, the Saskatchewan government later issued Milgard a formal apology, awarded him $10 million in compensation. But in prison and after his release in particular, he remained a strong advocate for the wrongfully convicted. Here he is recently talking about what had become his mission in life, mission in life and remain his legacy in death. We're working very hard to get a new commission set up, an independent review board uh, commission that's going to, uh, to work to correct the problems that the Justice Department had in this country when uh, they, uh, and they still are, they still are working to, uh, to have people released uh, from prison. But the problem is that they can't do so effectively and they can't do so efficiently. They don't have the resources to do so. And they uh, really uh, are not able to, to move people that have done no wrong. Ron Dalton is a fellow exoneree, co-president of Innocence Canada, a nonprofit organization dedicated to identifying, advocating for, and exonerating individuals convicted of a crime they did not commit. And Ron Dalton joins me now from Prince Edward Island. Thanks so much for being here tonight. You're welcome. Um, I guess just your your memories of, of David Milgard, I know you knew him well. Um, when you think back to him tonight, what do you think about? Well, I'm, I'm in awe of what David accomplished in his life. He he got a very raw deal as a teenage child, really. I mean, he was he told me once he was a 17-year-old teenager when he got to the penitentiary, and he was a 40-year-old teenager when they let him out of the penitentiary. You don't tend to mature or grow up much in, in those places. He survived. That was his main job at the time. Uh, but he had a, a very difficult incarceration. That was a very brutal uh, murder of, of Gail Miller. You know, She was sexually assaulted and stabbed and left in a snowbank at a bus stop. And although David had absolutely nothing to do with that, uh, he had to wear it for almost 30 years. You know, he was incarcerated for 23 years. It was another five years after he got out before Innocence Canada and, and others were able to prove his innocence. It was one of the first DNA cases we ever did in Canada. We, we actually had to go to Great Britain to get the, uh, the DNA analyzed that ultimately uh, convincingly proved that David was not guilty, and it actually led to Larry Fisher and his conviction. Why do you think his that's case the, remains? That's the business, that's the business side the business of, of David. Now, the, right. the, the personal, the personal is, is a whole different thing. He was a he was a, an exceptionally generous and, and sweet man. He, was, he could never say no to anyone. He had people uh, uh, coming to him and asking for help, and uh, if they weren't coming to him and asking for help. If David saw an injustice, he would reach out himself. He would proactively contact people and say, I may not be able to fix your problem, but I think I can help a bit. Uh, or as the years went on, his name meant something. If David uh, called a, a press conference, people showed up. And if he uh, spoke on your behalf, it often made a difference. Ron, you, you were wrongfully convicted 
uh, and later exonerated yeah. in the death, death of your wife. And you spent time in jail as an older man, but got out as well. How difficult is it to to move on in some ways, or at least still keep the kind of attitude that David Milgard did for so long? I, I, I don't know that I... Uh... Would, would even aspire to the, the type of attitude David managed to maintain. Uh, we all come out of that experience damaged goods one way or the other. You know, you, you suffer in, in the, uh, maximum security prison for years for something that you haven't done. It takes a toll on you, uh, and it takes a toll on your family and, and friends, and that in itself takes a, a toll on you. But you David, David had the... Uh, oh, you go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry, Ron. I was just going to say that uh, uh, David had the perfect excuse to walk away from all of this. He suffered horrendously while he was in prison. Uh, His life was uh, more time uh, incarcerated than not by the time he got it, uh, got himself acquitted. And he could have just gone on about his life. uh, But that wasn't David. It wasn't the way David was made. He walked away from prison, but he walked away looking over his shoulder. Uh, knowing that there was people like myself and, and others left behind. And David thought he could make a difference, and he did make a difference. He spent the rest of his life turning that uh, suffering and, and the pain and, and bitterness uh, that he could have dwelt on uh, into helping other people. And it was it was part of what made him uh, uh, the man that he was, and, and it's made a difference in our Canadian justice system. He actually managed to do what very few of us do is, is he moved the needle in the right direction. He didn't fix all of the problems, but he identified a lot of them and he worked hard and had some successes along the way. And most recently, the, the last two or three years in particular, uh, his pet project uh, was trying to get the federal government to actually act on 35-year-old recommendations coming out of public inquiries. Uh, I think we had seven public inquiries in this country looking into wrongful convictions, David's and my own included. And five of those recommended the establishment of an independent that is reporting to Parliament and not to the justice minister, who was also the top cop and, and prosecutor in the country, uh, and publicly funded body to do the type of work that Innocence Canada has been doing for 30 years now on a nonprofit volunteer basis. We need a, a better system than that, and David was acutely aware of, of that fact. And we're to the point now where we are actually making progress. We, we heard the Minister Lametti uh, comment yesterday that uh, there is action being undertaken to set up the type of independent committee that's been recommended for years and years. And uh, we owe a lot of that to David. Ron, how important is it when you are wrongfully convicted, you know you're innocent and you're in jail, to have a beacon, to be able to look out there and think that there's a David Milgard or a Ron Dalton out there who is willing to listen to you, who may be willing to fight for you? Well, it's, it's definitely important. Uh, there's two parts to your question. The, the one part is how important it is knowing that you're innocent, because sometimes you're the only person that has the sure and certain knowledge that you are innocent. You have family and friends and lawyers and, and people who support you. Many of them believe in your innocence, but you are quite often the only person that knows for sure that you're completely innocent. Sometimes that's all you have to get you through that any given day in in the prison environment. And the other thing that makes the years bearable is looking at people like uh, Donald Marshall, 
David Milgard, Stephen Truscott, some of the people who came through the ordeal and, and managed to survive. It gives you hope that the you know your own case will eventually get the, enough positive attention that it'll get overturned and the mistakes will be corrected. I've seen the uh, hardened uh, criminals who had you know convicted murderers break down in tears at meeting David because they spent twenty or more years in a prison uh, looking at people like David and, and Donald Marshall for hope. When we come back, we're going to, Ron, when we come back, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, I was going to ask you a bit more about this independent commission that David Lametti has been talking about. I know it's been a long time that we've been talking about this. Um, I'm going to ask you to explain just why it'll make a difference. And we'll do that after this. Excuse me for getting emotional. Um, I can assure you that this will happen. Uh, David Milgard died yesterday. I was profoundly saddened by the fact that he would not live to see this. Um, I'd spoken with David, uh, and I assured him this would happen. That's Federal Justice Minister David Lametti today. He says his government is weighing its options on what the design should be for a new independent commission that would review the claims of wrongful commissions one day, of course, after the death of David Milgard. I'm speaking about the life and legacy of David Milgard with Ron Dalton of Innocent, Innocence Canada, also an exoneree. Uh, Ron, what difference would this independent body make, uh, do you think, when it comes to making sure that those who are wrongfully convicted uh, are 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 released. Well, you you have to have a little bit of understanding about what the current system is. Currently, you get arrested, you get charged, you go to trial. If you're convicted, uh, you may appeal your conviction uh, to the provincial uh, Supreme Court. And uh, if you lose at that level, you may uh, apply to appeal it to the Supreme Court of Canada. Uh, And that process alone can take a number of years, not uncommon to go three, four or five years until your appeals have been completed. At that stage, you've run out of of places to appeal to. The only remaining uh, chance of getting your conviction overturned is making application to the federal justice minister under Section 696.1 of the criminal code. And the justice minister has a, a small branch of the federal justice department in Ottawa. They're called the Criminal Case Review Committee. And there are a number of lawyers and and support staff who review uh, allegations and claims of innocence from people who have been uh, convicted and lost all of their appeals. And that can take four or five or or more years as well. And if uh, you don't go to them, the only other game in town on a national basis, there are a couple of small uh, innocence projects, mostly based at universities in the country, but there's only one group doing that type of work on a national basis, and that's Innocence Canada. And for the last almost 30 years now, we're 29 and change, uh, we've been doing that sort of work, and and one of the earliest cases we did was was David's case. Mm -hmm. Uh, His mother, of course, Joyce, was uh, largely responsible for getting David out of prison, on parole at least, and then Innocence Canada came along and and we were able to uh, get some DNA analysis to prove that he was innocent. That's the the current situation. But the only thing standing between you or I or any other citizen of the country and a wrongful conviction and and getting freed once that's happened is a non-profit group of do-gooders. You know, these these are a bunch of people who do excellent work. We're responsible for a couple dozen exonerations over the last 30 years. We have another 
10 cases pending before the minister's department uh, currently, and we have 109 cases that we're currently reviewing. Half of them are on a three- or four-year wait list. Uh, and right. we, only, we only look at the most serious of cases in the country. We, we only have the limited resources we have. We've had to focus on homicide cases. So in the Commonwealth jurisdictions that have an independent, publicly funded body, as has been recommended in this country for the last 35 years, not just by people like David and I, but these are public inquiries that have been held looking into cases, David and my own included. They've uh, Five of the seven uh, public inquiries have recommended that Canada implement a similar system that other Commonwealth countries have done. And in those instances, they've set up an independent body that reports to the Parliament, not through the minister, and they've given them the resources, investigative resources, they've given them uh, executive powers to refer things directly back to courts for further review without going through the, uh, the minister again. So it, it's an attempt to depoliticize, depoliticize the process, but also to speed it up, make it more efficient, and broaden it. The, the cases that Innocence Canada has uh, been able to look at in the last 30 years, we're, we're very proud of, the, of what, the work that we've done, but we know we're only scratching the surface. There's a lot and more was, people other than homicide to convictions that are, require review. And certainly that would be a fitting tribute, I imagine, in your mind, to David. Well, I, we, we had some uh, consultations uh, this time last year. The federal government uh, hired a couple of uh, retired justices, uh, Harry LaForme and, and Juanita uh, Westmoreland Traore, to advise them. On, on what a new commission should look like. And one of the first things they did is they met with wrongly convicted individuals, including David and I, and they met with Innocence Canada and a number of like-minded groups uh, to, to hear about our experience working these cases and what we thought the powers of a new commission should be. So uh, you're going to hear, and they've recently published the, the recommendations that they made to the minister, came out a couple months ago. But when you read those recommendations, you hear echoes of David's voice in there. They listened, they heard what David had to say. They were touched by David's compassion and dedication, as, as anybody that's worked closely with him uh, has been. He, he devoted uh, his life, basically, to, uh, to fixing wrongs that he hadn't created. It sounds like you're going to miss him, Ron. Oh, definitely going to miss him, yeah. On a, on a personal level, for sure, I'm, I'm going to miss him, but... Uh, 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 Innocence Canada, of course, we will miss him and, and the leadership that he's provided to, to the wrongly convicted. And the country is the poorer today for, for his death yesterday. He uh, he helped us get to the point we're at now. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I believe uh, Minister Lametti, when he speaks and says that they're making progress and trying to figure out what a new commission should look like. And they've listened to people like David. Thank goodness they had that opportunity a year ago. Uh, but it's going to take a bit of time. When we were doing these consultations a year ago, I suggested that they might want to name their new committee after uh, uh, Joyce Milgard. So there's still an opportunity for them to call it the Milgard Commission on Wrongful Convictions or something, you know. Ron Dalton, thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. And my condolences. No problem. Thank you.